It's the 2022 World Cup. It's Uruguay's players. Hello and welcome to the International Soccer Preview by Soccer Files Canada. I'm Kevin and today we'll be looking at Uruguay's squad for the 2022 World Cup. Short version, please. kind of notes some discussion of the squad is what we start with no we start with my shirt okay i'll admit i had a bit of trouble finding a shirt for this one the only uh shirt i have with the sky blue in it is uh, argentina and i'm sure i would get angry comments from listeners if i presented uh, uruguay with argentina's shirt on so i went for the neutral white uh, uh i'm gonna claim um that this is a replica of uh, Uruguay's away shirt in the 1936 Copa America. Well, okay, I'm just making that up. I have no idea. Uh, the truth is I don't have anything that was suitable for Argentina, so I just went with white, uh, hoping that uh, people would buy it as an away uniform in a distant cup. Uh, sorry, Uruguay, I will work on that. Okay, let's look at some notes. We'll kind of return to the notes we started with above. And uh, we did note that uh, um, uh, Uruguay punches well above their weight, uh, a country of just 3.5 million people, uh, which is very small. And yet they have uh, two World Cups under their belt. They've done well in World Cups and um, uh, are among uh, are, are tied with Argentina for the most regional cups, the most Copa Americas. We won't uh, go through all that detail again. Uh, we also noticed uh, noted that uh, Uruguay's success kind of undulates um, uh, many times, coming back to uh, 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 good good finishes in World Cup and in regional cup play, uh, but also suffering some troughs. Uh, so uh, undulating Uruguay is how I've titled that. But we'll focus more now here on the uh, more player-related issues. And the one that I've mentioned several times throughout the Player by Player podcast is aging stars. So, uh, you know, Edinson Cavani, Luis Suarez, uh, defender Godin, goalkeeper Muslera, Martin Caceres, uh, all of these players have been big players for Uruguay, but all of them well into their 30s now. And a bit of a, a bit of a question as to whether the the new manager should use them or kind of seek out uh, younger players. And they have done a good job bringing in younger players, uh, but no one of the status of, of these players. So uh, hopefully uh, Uruguay will hope they have one more uh, cup in terms of good performances for them, but a bit worrying as their performance and club affiliations have kind of uh, dropped off as they reach their mid-30s. So this is a, a passing generation for Uruguay and perhaps best represented by uh, the longtime manager Oscar Tabarez having been replaced in uh, 2021. And so um, as I said before, uh, he was the uh, guiding them through qualification here, but a loss to Bolivia after eight games saw them in seventh place. Uh, so that was alarming. So uh, they let him go. 
and replaced him with um, Alonso, uh, Diego Alonso, um, who we met in the player by player. I won't give the details on him, but um, he, I, I don't think I did mention this before, he uh, won the last three games. So he led them to victory in the last three games and a, and a third place finish. Uh, automatic qualification in that group. So a really good start for Diego Alonso. Uh, we kept a close eye on the changes that he made as we went through the player-by-player -player analysis uh, in the full version of the podcast. And he's done quite well at injecting some uh, youth into the squad, something they're definitely going to need after this tournament. Uh, but he still seems quite reliant on the veterans um, again, Luis Suarez, still their highest scorer in qualifying. And uh, uh, Darwin Nunez actually not used that much. Uh, I'm sure he'll come to, to greater prominence, especially if uh, Cavani and uh, Suarez retire after this. But he has done well uh, bringing some youth into the club, but uh, not really using them ahead of the veterans because the veterans still have some good play left in them. So a bit of a, a, a quandary for the manager as to which way to go with that. Let's talk about club affiliations for Uruguay. And um, uh, we saw that some of the biggest players have, have moved back. So um, Luis Suarez now back with Nacional in uh, Uruguay, but he did play for um, uh, Barcelona and Atletico Madrid and Liverpool, so some bigger club affiliations. Ronald Araujo plays for Barcelona in Mexico, and Jose Jimenez is still with Atletico Madrid. Uh, Diego Godin, um, uh, his partner at, at Atletico Madrid, has now moved on. I'm just trying to figure out where. Yeah, he's playing in Argentina. Now, uh, Federico Valverde with Rio Madrid, so a lot of these Spanish clubs. Um, and we also have a couple of uh, players with uh, fairly big Turkish clubs, so Galatasaray. I think um, uh, Muslera is still with Galatasaray, and Lucas Torreira has recently moved there from Arsenal in England. Uh, really just one player from Uruguay. Uh, no, we have a couple in England too, sorry. Rodrigo Bentecur with Tottenham. Um, Pelistri uh, with Manchester United, but hasn't really uh, been used um, as a starter for Manchester United, uh, just kind of uh, with them um, in training, as it were. And Darwin Nunes uh, with Liverpool making uh, a splash there. And uh, a couple of big clubs in uh, Brazil too, Flamengo and... Uh, um, oh, two players with Flamengo. And I know during the player-by-player -player podcast, I mentioned a few uh, Brazilian clubs. So a uh, fairly good pedigree for um, Uruguay, but that's only about half the players. Uh, the other half of the players play for smaller teams, uh, you know, maybe LA Galaxy uh, in USA and uh, uh, teams like Atafe in, in Spain um, and Cagliari in, in Italy. So... Um, I would say about maybe two thirds of the players playing with uh, with uh, the biggest clubs there. So Uruguay again doing very well as a small country. Uh, let's move on to age and experience, or or some statistics too. Uh, so I've been running these statistics. Uh, I'm going to try to improve them over time, but uh, so far. 
kind of interesting. So we look at the total number of players on the slate for Uruguay, and it is 54, but I must admit we've included some players who were kind of called up to preliminary squads but didn't even make the bench. So 54 is a, a large number of players on the, on the plate. Uh, 49 is the average, but I would say overall Uruguay is about average. So still uh, have a fairly good pool of players to draw from, um, uh, even after some of their veterans retire, which will probably be after the World Cup. Uh, they always seem to find, or they usually seem to find uh, good talent despite the uh, small size of the country. Total players under consideration is uh, 32 so that's definite likely and possible players so again uh, uh, a good um, number of uh, players to draw from there and total players indefinite or likely categories 24 so i would say the team is mostly decided they have a few decisions to make we can roughly say that they have to fill two positions from uh from the uh 32 players so 32 minus 24, uh, two positions from those eight players. Um, although there will probably be a couple of injuries and a couple of players in good form, which make it into the final picture. So, um, uh, yeah, not much of a selection problem for Uruguay. In terms of the demographics of the team, the average age is 27.6. So that uh, is on the old side, although we do find a lot of teams in this World Cup are around 27. So uh, they're not really among the oldest teams. We have uh, Belgium at 28.5, Japan at 28.1. And I think they would be uh, third here. Um although South Korea and uh, Brazil are also at 27.6. But, uh, yeah, a fairly mature squad. Uh, that's going to go down a lot after the World Cup when some of their uh, oldest players retire. And I will tell you uh, uh, how many there are. So we have um, five players and five of their biggest players, too, at 35 or older. So that's uh, Cavani, Suarez, Cáceres, Godin, and Muslera, all 35 or 36 years old. And then we have uh, eight players who are 30 or older. Uh, and then we have five players who are 23 or younger. Yeah, so we're going to see uh, probably, I wouldn't be surprised if all five of those uh, players who are 35 or older retiring after the Cup, which will bring down their average age. But as we've said, uh, it looks like they have been doing fairly well bringing youth into the squad. Well, that age gives them uh, a great maturity um, in terms of experience. And we know that Uruguay's players have been very steady, so not a lot of players coming in and out. So those players um, uh, have been playing a lot of their games. So the average cap is 43.5. And I do think that may be the um, most experienced team in terms of caps. The average is 30.2. So they are far above average. And the only ones close to them is Portugal at 40.2. Uh, they have an average of 43.5 caps per player. So uh, by far the most uh, experienced team in terms of national caps in the World Cup here. In terms of goals, they have a total of 172 goals, 
among the players here. That stat doesn't mean that much in itself. Um, but uh, we've been uh, 172 goals. Uh, we've kind of uh, reduced this to the uh, total number of goals per cap and comparing teams on that basis. And uh, they are at 14.1%. The average is 13.1%. So uh, they uh, tend to score more than other teams. But uh, if we analyze that a bit more closely, we see that uh, their scorers are actually quite limited. So we have um, Luis Suarez and Cavani with, with tremendous uh, scoring ratios. Luis Suarez at 51.5% and Edinson Cavani at 30, sorry, 43.6%. But there's a really steep drop off after that. And uh, the next uh, closest one uh, is, the, is um, I won't count Diego Rossi. He has one goal in three games, but uh, we're going to limit this to, to players who have played more than 20 games. Uh, Giorgio uh, Di Arascheta at 21%. So um, that is 20% below Cavani. And then uh, nobody else is above 20%. So even uh, Darwin Nunez, um, he has two goals in 11 games for uh, for them. So hasn't really established himself. Uh, Maxi Gomez, the other forward at 15%. So it just really does show how reliant they are on Suarez and Cavani. And you can understand why the manager would be very reluctant to uh, suddenly go with different forwards, uh, given that no one has emerged as even close uh, to the scorers that Suarez and Cavani are. So very interesting to see what will happen in the cup. Uh, we'll go over some of the issues here. So uh, in defense uh, on the goalkeeper front, we have uh, Roche over Muslera. So longtime starter Muslera seems to be uh, now a backup keeper behind Sergio Roche, uh, the new manager seemingly installing Roche as the starter. Although Muslera did come back for one game, suggesting that he is the uh, second string backup keeper. Uh, in terms of formation, we have a four-man defense. So they did flirt a little bit with a three-man defense in a friendly, and I think a five-man defense in one of the World Cup qualifying games. But um, uh, it seems like a four-man defense is, is uh, what both managers have preferred. Uh, in terms of the central defenders in that, uh, we have the uh, long-time pairing of Godin and uh, Jimenez. Even they're a pairing, they were a pairing at Atletico Madrid for a long time, so very familiar with playing to each other. Kind of like Suarez and uh, Cavani up front, it seems like it would be dangerous to uh, switch over at this point to a new pairing, although um, Araujo and uh, Coates did uh, start in the last friendly. I think that was kind of experimental, maybe uh, giving some field time to the uh, backup players there. But um, uh, the new manager seemingly going with uh, Godin and Jimenez. But uh, it was uh, a little bit of doubt was thrown in with the manager using different players uh, in the cup. And again, uh, the last game with Coates and Araujo, it may be, uh, it may be a, a reflected image of the future after the World Cup. 
but if they're thinking of changing it uh, from Codeine and Jimenez, it seems a bit late in the process to make such a bold move. Um, as far as left defender goes, we have uh, Matthias Wiener uh, kind of holding the position for a long time, but recently uh, a bit of um, change and Oliveira seems to have emerged as a starting left defender, uh, although Wiener did come back, so um, it could be that he's the backup, but it doesn't seem like Wiener will be the starter uh, under the new manager. Uh, the right back, though, is far more undecided. Uh, and in fact, the manager used central defender Araujo in the four remaining World Cup games, which seems to have worked since they uh, won those games. But uh, in the friendlies, the three friendlies, it was a different player in each. So uh, a bit uncertain as to what they'll do there. In the midfield, we have a wide variety of formations. So uh, that seems uh, pretty undecided. However, the players populating that midfield it uh, seemed to be the same five players. Um, so uh, uh, even though the formations change quite a bit, the central midfield uh, is a steady group of players, uh, even though they do kind of uh, shift around among themselves. Uh, the left wing is unclear under new manager Alonso. Uh, we've had mostly De La Cruz under Tavares, but a wide variety of players, many of them playing out of position under Alonso. So it seems a kind of an undecided position uh, there. Um, and finally, uh, uh, Palestri on the right side uh, seems to be a clear decision by the new manager. It was unsettled under Tavares, but Alonso has been fairly consistent in using Palestri as uh, the right winger and uh, I believe or I'm certain actually that he played as a left forward sorry as a right forward one time when they had a three forward uh, three man forward line uh, um, perhaps the biggest concern is uh, what to do with the attack so I've mentioned it uh, in terms of formation they've uh, uh, toyed with one two or three uh, man forward lines and um, that's changed recently. I think they used uh, uh, one of each in the three friendlies. But uh, more concerningly, the players have changed recently. So Suarez and Cavani didn't play as much, uh, as many games during this period. And um, at times kind of seemed to be off the team uh, for a short time. So uh, does the manager go with uh, those veterans who are definitely aging and not in the form that they used to be? Or do they uh, bring in new players? Uh, at this point, Darwin Nunez is, uh, is, is a consideration, but uh, I think it would be kind of unwise to change because uh, Nunez and the other forwards uh, don't score, uh, you know, don't have anything near the records of Suarez and Cavani. Um, and so kind of seems to be uh, struggling with what to do. And uh, the, the last point is similar. Really, one of the key issues of the World Cup for uh, Uruguay is do Cavani and Suarez still have it? Uh, we'll have to find out in the Cup. Uh, again, both of them suffer periods of non-starts. We have Alvarez, Nunes, and Maxi Gomez uh, all coming in as starters, uh, but none of them really uh, matching the records 
of uh, Cavani and Suarez. So, uh, but then Suarez and Cavani not as reliable as they used to be. So I think I'm getting a bit repetitive there. I apologise, but um, uh, yeah, for me that's really one of the issues of the the cup. Uh, okay, let's take a look at new players. And so obviously we have Diego Alonso, the manager, who came in in um, November, uh, December. He he came in. Uh, replacing uh, 15-year manager Oscar Tavares, but uh, credit to him, he's done quite well, um, both in rejuvenating the squad and in ensuring their qualification for this cup, so props to him. Uh, Matthias Oliveira is a left defender. Uh, he's new to the squad, 25 years old, but hasn't been in a tournament before, and he plays for Napoli in Italy. And we have uh, Damien Suarez, um, uh, a right defender. He actually is uh, 36 years old, 34 years old, uh, but an interesting story in that he came back to the team after a 12-year absence and uh, even kind of inserted himself in the team to the point of becoming a likely candidate. Uh, so new in the sense that he hasn't uh, participated in a tournament before but uh, 34 years old, so not youthful. Uh, Manuel Ugarte, uh, he recently, or in 2021, made a move to Sporting Lisbon in Portugal, kind of upping his uh, club affiliation pedigree, and uh, just 21 years old there, uh, and a defensive midfielder, so uh, looks like he could make his way into the squad, although that central midfield has a lot of good players uh, so not easy to break into. Uh, I'm just going to put one player who is at the portable level, and that's uh, left winger Diego Rossi. So um, he has four caps since 2022 and is 24 years old. Uh, and he recently moved to Fenerbahce in Turkey. That was, uh, you know, a step up from Los Angeles FC in USA. So perhaps that will uh, raise his... Um, uh, raise his uh, profile with the club. Um, Facundo Palestri, as we as we saw, uh, seems to be a favorite favorite of Diego Alonso, and uh, has been installed as a right winger, or perhaps even a right forward. Uh, he's with Manchester United in England, but if he has played any games with them, it's very few. Uh, that is good pedigree. Uh, though, and a 21-year-old has a bright future ahead of him, perhaps even in this cup. And finally, we have a definite candidate, Darwin Nunez. Um, he hasn't played as much for Uruguay as uh, some might think, just 13 caps since 2019, and he hasn't scored uh, the way they hope he would, just three goals in those 13 caps. He's 23 years old. Uh, his recent move um, to Liverpool, uh, in 2022 from Benfica in Portugal, both of those big clubs, and um, uh, has given him a big, bigger profile. Um, he wasn't uh, part of the 2021 Copa America, so it kind of does show how new to Uruguay he really is or how his uh, his uh, profile has, has uh, suddenly been raised, but it hasn't really shown in his Uruguay uh, stuff yet. Uh, okay, um, we move on to injuries, and uh, uh, actually Uruguay are looking quite good. We did have a couple of injury scares uh, kind of in June, 
and uh, I'll start with uh, kind of go in order of importance of the injury. Uh, we had Nicolas uh, Lopez, he's only a possible but unlikely candidate, but he was injured for two, uh, uh, sorry, he was injured for the June games, but uh, back in action with his club uh, by July. So, um, um, not a concern there. We also had uh, central defender Sebastian Coate, so he is a likely candidate. Um, he was out with um, uh, for, he was out two separate times with a knee injury uh, during the uh, period from from the um, 2021 Copa America to June uh, of this year, 2022. Uh, but he seems to have recovered uh, from that and has been playing with this club. And then uh, worryingly, Darwin Nunes was out for the uh, last match in June 2022, uh, out with just a knock, actually, and he was playing for his club in August, so uh, it doesn't seem to be a concern there. And finally, uh, Rodrigo Bentacor, a very similar situation, um, he was out with a back problem, so a bit more of a, a concern in terms of the... Um, type of injury uh, out with the back problem for the June games, but back with his new club uh, in August, both Bentecourt and uh, Nunez joining English clubs there and uh, back in action in August. So, uh, so far so good for um, Uruguay, but we'll update uh, any injuries uh, that come uh, in the update podcast. So, so those will be uh, injuries closer to the cup. Uh, notable absences, well, Oscar Tabarez, the 15-year manager, uh, notably absent. We talked about uh, him above, so I won't repeat it here, but a big um, change for them. Uh, Martin Campagna is one of two goalkeepers who, uh, you know, um, steady backup keepers for the Uruguay national team through several um, tournaments, uh, but never actually saw any action. So uh, Martin Campagna was a backup keeper from the 2016 Copa Centenario uh, in the 2018 World Cup and 2019 and 2021 Copa Americas. Uh, couldn't get past Fernando Muslera, um, who was a starting keeper, so didn't see any action in those tournaments, but now out of the picture. And similarly, Martin Silva, um, uh, in the same boat. So he was uh, with the team way back for the 2010 World Cup and called up for every tournament since then, uh, except for the 2021 Copa America. So um, the 2019 Copa America, his last tournament, I think he got in one game in the 2013 Confederations Cup. Otherwise, was just on the bench the whole time. But uh, a steady backup keeper, now long, no longer... Um, on the team. Nicholas Lodera played uh, with Uruguay from 2009 to 2019, uh, earned 60 caps and five goals in that time, and uh, never really kind of made it onto the team as a starter. And um, he missed the 2018 World Cup there, didn't make the final cut, but he was on the Copa America 2019 team. Uh, anyway, uh, 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 kind of a familiar name um, for Uruguay fans, and Americans will know him as uh, being with the Seattle Sounders for uh, since 2016, but um, hasn't been selected for the uh, uh, national team since 2000. Uh, Christian Stuani, with the team from 2012 to 2019, 
uh, 50 caps and eight goals. Uh, still playing club soccer, but last played in the 2019 Copa America. And again, struggled to uh, uh, get into the squad as a starter, so mostly as a substitute. But in uh, many tournaments from the World Cup 2014 to the 2019 Copa America, Christian Rodriguez, Uruguay is losing their Christians. Uh, he was with the team from 2003 to 2018, 110 caps and 11 goals. Uh, 37 years old now, still playing club soccer um, in Uruguay. And uh, with the team since the 2004 Copa America, uh, believe it or not, all the way to the 2018 World Cup, but that was his last tournament. Uh, Maxi Pereira also, um, the World Cup was his last tournament. Uh, he was with the team from 2005 to 18, 125 caps, still playing club soccer also in Uruguay. And um, uh, he was kind of a starter in his early years, the 2010 World Cup and the 2011 Copa America, more of a substitute uh, after that. Uh, uh, perhaps not. Um, started some games in the 2014 world cup was a substitute by the 2018 world cup anyway and uh, a fearsome uh, defensive player uh, maxi pereira so uh, yeah a lot of those players were gone actually after the 2018 world cup and um, uh, we're gonna have uh, a notable absences section uh, at the next copa america because we expect some of their biggest names suarez cavani um Godin and Muslera to retire uh, uh, after this World Cup. Okay, the last order of business is a predicted starter. So I'll just go back and grab my list uh, that we went through in the player by player podcast. And um, we've talked about uh, Oscar Tavares, um, no longer the manager after 15 years, and Diego. Alonso coming in and getting off to a good start by qualifying them for the World Cup. And it is Diego Alonso who will take them through. For goalkeepers, we saw that Diego Alonso kind of inserted uh, Sergio Roche ahead of uh, Fernando Muslera. So uh, we think uh, Sergio Roche is now the starter and Fernando Muslera the backup uh, keeper. Um, and uh, that is the goalkeeping situation. The most likely third keeper there is Sebastian Sosa uh, as a possible candidate. For central defenders, we have three definite candidates in Diego Godin, Jose Maria Jimenez, and Ronaldo Araujo. Although Ronaldo Araujo uh, played mostly as a right back uh, in World Cup qualifying games, we have a likely candidate in Sebastian Coates. So we think all four of them will be there uh, but I think the manager would be silly not to go with uh, Godin and Jimenez because it's a bit, bit late to change it. Although um, Araujo and Coate did make inroads and actually started the last friendly in June as a pairing, I think it would be risky to, to uh, make them the starting pair. However, I do think Araujo uh, will get onto the field um, perhaps as a right back or in something like a three-man defense or maybe starting some games as a central defender, replacing uh, Godin, perhaps. Uh, as a left-back, uh, it kind of was Matthias Vina under Tavares. 
and uh, Matthias Oliveira made good inroads under uh, the new manager and a bit hard to decide uh, which of those it will be. So I'm going to put them in yellow. That's my hedging color. <laughs> we also have Martin Caceres, the veteran, as a uh, likely candidate to make the squad, but probably not as a starter there. Um, I suspect that uh, the new manager might go with Oliveira, but um, uh, Vina has a lot of experience, so uh, we'll have to see. Uh, as a right back, it's uh, uh, difficult to say. As we said, uh, the manager used Araujo as a right back, and we do have Damian Suarez as a likely candidate here, uh, but really uh, Guillermo Varela as a possible candidate, but a bit of a lack of candidates on this side so it actually um uh, i wouldn't be surprised to see one of the left backs vina or Oliveira, moved over although the manager hasn't done that um so i would say uh, damien suarez or possibly araujo but i'm not um inclined to to highlight damien suarez uh as a starter for the squad so we're going to leave that one blank for defensive midfielders, we have the young Manuel Ugarte as a likely candidate. And then for central midfielders, we really have a lot of candidates. Uh, some of them we moved to left midfield and right midfielders during the discussion, but they are coded as central midfielders. Uh, I wonder if Manuel Ugarte uh, is going to get a start with Sporting Lisbon. I wouldn't be surprised if the manager started him, but that's a a tough group of veterans to break into for central midfielders, so I won't be brave enough to say Manuel Ugarte will be a starter. I wouldn't be surprised, though. Uh, Matthias Vecino, um, I think he'll be definite. Uh, for me, Lucas Torreira uh, seems to be used more as a, a player to fill the gaps, and I don't think he's as likely a starter as some of the others. So uh, I'm going to put him as a player who will start a couple of games, my yellow highlight, um, but not a full starter because I think uh, Rodrigo Bentacor, uh, who we've moved to kind of a left midfielder, and Fred Federico Valverde uh, will both definitely be starting. So um, we have a lot of players here, though. Uh, Vecino and Torreira as definite central midfielders, and Aaron Barry and Gori Aaron as likely central midfielders, uh, not starters, those two, though. And then uh, we have Bentecourt as a definite uh, kind of left central midfielder and Belverde as a definite right central midfielder. Uh, we also have Nahitan Mendes uh, as a possibility. I wouldn't be surprised if he's brought to the cup, but I don't see him as a starter. Left winger, uh, it was uh, Nicolas de la Cruz, uh, as a left winger, even a left attacking midfielder under Taveras, but um, he uh, hasn't been as consistently chosen by the new manager. So uh, I think this position is very much up in the air. Uh, we have possible candidates for Kundo Torres and Diego Rossi, and uh, I really um, can't stake anyone as a starter uh, over there. On the right side, though, we do have Facundo Palistri, who the manager Alonso seems to favor quite a bit. Uh, so I do think he will be a starter on the right side. And for attacking midfielders, well, they don't always use the position of central attacking midfielder. But when they do use it, uh, Giorgio and Diara Schietta, uh 
is uh, the one chosen for the position. And I believe he's been used as a right forward. So I think he's going to be uh, a starter, uh, at least sometimes, but I'll put him in green as a starter here. And wow, the forwards is uh, very tough to decide. So we have uh, Luis Suarez and Darwin Nunez as definite candidates to make the cut. And Edison, Edinson Cavani as a likely candidate to make the cup. And I imagine some of the possible, uh, or even possible but unlikely given the lack of forwards, will be selected for the squad. Maxi Gomez as a possible, and perhaps Agustin Alvarez uh, will make the squad because they're going to need a couple of more forwards. And really, Suarez and Cavani haven't started as regularly as they did uh, when they were at their height of power. Uh, however... Hmm, I think uh, um, I'm going to say all three will get some starts and I doubt that uh, among the three of them they will uh, choose the same starter all the time. Really what I think is going to happen there is that they're going to try them out, see if Suarez and Cavani can bring, uh, you know, can bring some of that old form, uh, that great form uh, into the cup. But if they find that they've uh, their age is kind of catching up with them, uh, switch to other forwards like Darwin Nunez. I wouldn't be surprised, actually, if they try out a couple of forwards uh, in September if they have them available to them, because this does seem uh, a bit lacking in terms of candidates. Okay, well, that brings us to the end of this podcast. Keep in mind, we're going to be doing an update uh, probably in mid-November there once the... Uh, team's uh, squad lists are published and the final squad is decided upon. Uh, meanwhile, please keep an eye on us at Soccer Files Canada. Oh, I'll show the picture on the thing here, on the, uh, the screen for YouTube watchers. Um, keep an eye on Soccer Files Canada, that's Soccer Files with a PH in the middle and an S at the end, and our website, soccerfiles.captivate.fm. And uh, please check our show notes for links uh, and information. Um, uh, there's links to previous podcast series and information about this podcast to help you navigate it. Meanwhile, thank you very much for listening. And I hope you uh, will, uh, will enjoy the World Cup and listen to our next podcast. Bye-bye. <laughs>